Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Is it me, or does it seem like Anthony Blinken is like a fucking actor like him and Jeff Tapper or Jack Jake Tapper look exactly alike. They just hire like they have actors like my, Mike Pompeo and fucking what, what's the vice president's name again? The one Trump's <laughs> vice president, my, the Mike weird Pence. guy. <laughs> yeah. Mike Pence. Mike yeah. Pence. They got the mics together. They're like, right. okay, the kind of people who voted for Trump, like a fat guy and a little a square face, dude, a plain Jane type, whereas the people who voted for Obama and and Joe Biden, they want like a sexy, salt and pepper haired, mm, dimple real, chin kind of guy. Gavin, the Gavin Newsom kind of dude, for sure. Exactly. And that's where they do that. The guys, the military industrial complex, they get the guys that that the, the, the personalities, the faces that the that the liberals want or the conservatives want. It's like West Wing type of situation. It's the person that the that the, the women who are sipping on Chardonnay, watching West Wing, the guys that they, the Roblos, the Roblo <laughs> types. That's what they want. Right? Is is it me or is that 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 the blob tentacles? They they put out the vibes that you want. And you're like, I'm rooting for that guy. I like that guy. It, and it's not really figurehead either because there's not really much figure in that they're doing. They're just they have sort a of- nice figure though. But anyway, I, I just, I just, I, I feel like they might even be the same person. What if Jake Tapper and Anthony Blinken are the same person. It's an Eddie Murphy type of situation. Has anybody seen him in the same room together ever? I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like to so. see a face-to-face interview with those two. Oof, those two cuties. Damn. But yeah, it's like it's like you got the slobs casting for the conservatives. And then you got the the you snobs the- over there at, at the liberal, you know, agency. For- Do you think Trudeau is the 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 prettiest among Oh my those? god. Oh my God! You okay? You brought this in deep now because I was kind of just doing it as a riff with the, just the two guys, the Tapper but, but and, it, and the Blinken. But it could—it sort be, of tracks, though. Yeah, I think it's like a world thing. Like it's a global casting agency where you get the sexy Trudeaus, you get the sexy Obamas. You yeah. get the, like people are going to be like Marcus. You're just talking about all the guys that you supposedly hate, but you're saying how sexy they are. <laughs> What's going on? I think. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. Like they yeah. just have all these clean cut. Like they did. I, maybe Reagan was the first one for the conservative side of it. But who was uh, the first sex pot? You mean? I do want to say it's it's it makes it sound so sexy. It makes it sound like almost pretty cool that these guys are doing it to us. Like like they are so tempting and they are so um they're so focus grouped. <laughs> That these, mm, yeah, that, these, these, that these sexy figures on TV, we can't even resist them. Like the idea that Mitch McConnell is so splotchy and bruised, but it lends him like a credence to everybody above 62 in the country or something like that. Like they can't get enough of this gross banana guy because he's just so fucked up looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or as whereas like a Mike Pompeo or a, a George W. Bush, it's like, this guy could have a beer with. You You'd have a beer with. He'd shake, even though we know that from you know King of the Hill, George Bush has a terrible handshake. But you know that you <laughs> could just hang out with those dudes. You could laugh at a fart joke or whatever. It would be all good. 
is the image they're, they're projecting. They're guys, guys. Whereas where you're, where you're Mayor Pete's, where you're Tony Blinkens, that's more that appeals to to some uh, like an older, like a boomer who's like, this is a guy that I want dating my daughter. This exactly. is a guy who's going to be at my dinner party. He's a nice guy. He's very well mannered. He speaks. He's very articulate. That's what it appeals to. Rob Lowe. Uh, what's the guy? Bradley Whitford. That kind of thing. That's what they like. It's the cruelty that goes on behind the curtains. They just need to know that it's not going on on stage. But backstage, whatever needs to happen, just make it happen. But make, yeah, it, they could, make it a little pretty. Make it a formidable. Exactly. They could get tough, but they're also very elegant. They fold their napkin. They definitely don't sneeze in their napkin That's like gross. a Mike Pompeo, like a Mike Pompeo would. Welcome to Political Cuties. I am Marcus. No, welcome to Ripe for Plunder. I am Marcus, aka M. Bargo Imbroglio, and I'm Danny. Today on today's episode, we are going to be talking about U.S. foreign policy, and I don't know. We we've been talking Blinken blinking a lot and we're not doing it for no reason he recently came out with this little speech where he was like saying i'm gonna get firm well even more recently he's talking about getting firm that's my word because it gives me a half hard Mm -hmm. um with china and russia but before that blinken was talking about going hard not firm on on and venezuela because a lot of people were like okay Trump was being batshit bananas on Venezuela and doing all these ridiculous uh, sanctions on them. Maybe Joe Biden is going to like take things down and not be a psycho. But Blinken is here to say that, no, that is not the case. We're going to continue to get psycho on these motherfuckers. And what he, the words he said is, we will continue to work with our partners across the region, both to alleviate the suffering of the Venezuelan people and to exert pressure on the regime. So they, so the country can peacefully return to democracy. And I just want to say, he says our partners, our partners are Colombia and Honduras. And I don't know if you guys are keeping up with Colombian news, but they're (laughs) straight up murdering protesters who are protesting like, you know, pretty much like Trump tax cuts to the rich over there, even though they have insane unemployment in Colombia. And, you know, they have been, as we've pointed out on our episode on our boy Gonzalo Cardona, the murdered parrot king, they've been shooting like environmental activists, like sitting ducks since COVID. Oh my boy. Dying. I weep yeah. every day. Yeah, they they ever literally like the narco capital. And yeah, uh in Honduras, the, the leader over there, Orlando, he's he's been like he has mad narco uh allies and they've been doing mass murders over there. But those are the allies <laughs> that that we're working with to put down Venezuela, who's not doing shit. They're just trying to... uh, All the stuff that's going on in Venezuela is because of us, is because of our embargoing. We're keeping them from medical equipment, of food, of of all this stuff. And yet, we're over here saying, we're going to... This brutal regime, we are putting down with our friends who are narco-terrorists, so that, it's pretty it's pretty rich is what I would say. It's it's as rich as a fucking double fudge cake. It's it's all delicious. It's funny because what we call partners, everybody else, like the people it's affecting, like the citizens, would just call them insurgents or they'd call them like terrorists. So the US is a sanctioning machine. This is, you know, our track record has kind of proven this. But we help draft the UN charter, like us personally which prohibits international sanctions like unilateral sanctions. Every like our sanctions against let's say Cuba get they get worse every year basically. Like they've only gotten more severe over time and the UN is constantly condemning it. But what is the actual punishment? Okay, so the UN condemns us on an international scale, but to what end? There was an interview with this guy who used to work for the UN and he this guy named Dennis Halliday, he used to work for the UN, and he says that there's two separate. So there's the UN Security Council that actually has power, and that was made up by uh, after the, the Yalta Agreement with uh, Britain and Russia and America. Right. 
and then now it's got France and China, and they have like what they they have veto power. They they're their own arm. The other arm is the one under the general secretary, who's more of like can be who can do the condemning and what have you. But pretty much they're useless. <laughs> yeah, the, they- the, the power lies in the UN Security Council. The U.S. has the most power and the most allies in the UN Security Council. So that's what goes down. Like like those are the guy. Like the UN Security Council has power everything else is symbolic and even then uh, there there's people who've come out and said what israel is doing or whatever whatever u.s allied saudi arabia what they're doing is like a war crimes what they're doing is crimes against humanity and they're like oh okay moving on or they'll have some they'll force people to resign the u.s has that much power so the UN, as you can imagine, is a deeply flawed system. I don't know if you saw that Bosnian movie that came out about like the Bosnian genocide. No. Um, the UN pretty much sold out the, the Bosnians in the Yugoslav war and just let them be wholesale to murdered. They're they're useless. <laughs> they're I mean, there's people who try to do good, but overall, they're they're under the power of NATO and the US so it doesn't really matter what it's, what they say it's what they do and what they do is next to nothing it's kind of worse than useless though because they're they're sort of um complicit right so they say so like a member state they're like okay member states if the US is sanctioning somebody like if if we're sanctioning Iran or Syria which we are don't recognize that but at the same time you can just get like John Bolton stepping in and being like you know what if somebody's like trying to call us out on this, we're just not going to recognize them. Like we just don't give a shit about you, but we will totally go and we will just kidnap foreign nationals because we feel like yeah. it, because they've broken these sanctions. Extraordinary rendition. Well, yeah, even they they can't even do that. So even the UN Security Council, like because they have Russia and China too. So this is like the person, like it's the national state, like the US is doing this. So that is part of the UN Charter. Charter, you can't do that unless it's a UN's uh, Security Council says that you can sanction that these people are this country is under sanctions. That's the only way. You, and even we're not doing that. We're like fuck that shit. We could do whatever we want, and that's why we're prosecuting these. Even though our sanctions are illegal, we are intercepting these people who are breaking, who are violating our illegal sanctions, and saying you are violating our law and that's why you are we are having you and and what they use what they say is it's money law it's money law well that's the fucked up thing is that when you put that on paper and you distribute it through the new york times you'll say okay some venezuelan national was money laundering and and to the average jack off that sounds like bad news that sounds like it's some covert shit but it's not at all like can we get into Alex Saab? I'm hurting so bad. I was just going to say real quick about Anthony Blinken. This guy's a real fucking, He's a, a real knucklehead. Um, but this is his exact quote. The brutal Maduro regime has systematically repressed the rights of its citizens. Its abuse, corruption, and mismanagement have stoked the humanitarian crisis. But yeah, that's crazy um, that it's like it's Maduro. Like this is... Stoke the humanitarian crisis. We have stoked the humanitarian we, we crisis. We are kind of by the doing. Crisis. We are. We've ma- manufactured the humanitarian crisis by keeping them from getting food, stealing their gold reserves. Well, that was Britain, but you know, Britain is pretty much it's our, a, our they're, bitch. They're basically <laughs> us, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're another. There are like you know our capos. Alex Saab is somebody who's. A Colombian-born Venezuelan who's using his funds and his means to bring to help his countrymen. He's a true patriot, but he's, he's not a, trying he, to. He's not a private businessman either. No, no, no. He's working on behalf of the public. He's, like, yeah, he's, he's like working with the he's working with the state, legit to bring food. And he went to Iran because Iran and Venezuela, because America is pushing our enemies to become friends because I mean, they're not our enemies. They're the U S evil government's enemies. So he went to go to to Iran to secure some food to bring home to Venezuela to, so that his people don't starve and die. And he was intercepted. Um, I don't, do you remember where it was? It was, yeah, it was, it was in Cape Verde, which is, which is off the coast of Africa. 
But what's okay. So what's so wild is you're, you're exactly right. Like he was trying to get food and medical supply, but he was talking about for these social programs, this is like going to something like 80% of Venezuelan citizens. Like this is not, this is not like a fringe thing. And there, the program is called clap, which is maybe not a great name. We could workshop it a little bit, but I'm going to clap back on that one, brother. Yeah, you, you're a big fan of clap. It's well, it's it's just as bad as snap, I guess. So whatever. Well, I said I'm gonna clap back at that. You know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I got it. But, but then if you clap back and clap, you don't like it. That's what a clap back. Oh, is. <laughs> all right. Room for edit. I don't know. No, I was no. Clap this... backing at your uh, criticism of clap. Well, I think that's. I think we leave this whole thing in. Two gentlemen resolve a difference. <laughs> Let's see what the people have to say. Exactly. But, uh, to our check listeners, please vote and see if you like, uh, do you like clap? Do you not like clap? Anyway, so this is uh, something that goes to something like 80% of the citizens. Alex Sub is just trying to get a medicine and food back to the people, and he is detained in big quotations in Cape Verde en route to Iran, like, like you said, Marcus, um, trying to get supplies. And after that, he was basically kidnapped uh, by the United States, and they were like, hey, it seems like you've been money laundering again in big quotations basically you've been disobeying our our sanctions and trying to feed the people that we're trying to starve to death so that we can overthrow the government and uh they they kept him in solitary confinement for like what was it like 23 hours a day in total darkness and he en- ended up partially blind and and he it, this this went on for a while and he's under house arrest in cape verde in africa like awaiting extradition and i think it was the, was it the swiss government who looked into it and they were like we for like two years they were they were researching this and they're like we can't find any evidence of any kind of money laundering so this is all just just bullshit because he directly disobeyed i think by it, by, by money laundering they meant like using money to buy things from another enemy country well that, that we and, don't like and using that to get around so like money transaction is money laundering, I guess, to them. Yeah, basically. Well, and that's the thing. They can dress it up. And this is straight out of, you know, um, the propaganda handbook is that you can dress up anything how you want it. And if you present um, it to. Uh, it's not the propaganda handbook. It's propaganda by Edward Bernays. There All is. right. We wrote Hello! the book on it. <laughs> oh, Bernays sauce. wrote the sorry, fucking book I just on had it, to, baby. <laughs> I just have to call back every episode we've no, done. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we did a call back early, so it's good. So we will continue calling back. But from the Bernays sauce propaganda handbook, we know that if you dress something up like that and you present it to a number of different news outlets, like, uh, like the Washington Post and the New York Times and stuff like that, and if enough people say in America that he was laundering money then basically it becomes a public case or a public trial and he's guilty by association. And then it sort of doesn't matter. And then it's kind of a kangaroo court situation. So yeah, the main article we read was from the gray zone by Stansfield Smith. That's a really great article. And it really just puts in like, he does a really good job of just explaining how sanctions work and how, you know, they hurt regular people in Venezuela. Like it's meant to try to rabble rouse them into overthrowing their government. But it just, it just ends up with them just killing a bunch of children and pregnant women. And yeah, it's, it's, it's warfare. I think it was, I forget which article you sent, but it was the one that we were talking about where, um, it, the U.S. no U.S. media outlet will ever characterize the U.S. military or anything the U.S. does as being an act of aggression. It's always an act of defense against an act of aggression from another country. Like Iran can be aggressive, or Syria can be aggressive, or North Korea can be aggressive, but the U.S. is always acting in defense of something. So if the UN or, or if the US sends out a drone strike to Syria, it's always in defense of or or to Iran, where it's like, okay, well, there's evidence of nuclear weapons even when there's none. It's always an act of defense to de-escalate or to do something like that. It's never a war crime. That is a fair.org article by Alan McLeod, I believe. He sounds McLeod? like a Scots McLeod, is that Love the Scots? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh my God. You're so good at what's it called? Um, what's that language that they say that they speak? Gaelic? Gaelic, baby. <laughs> Is that Irish? I, I think don't that's know. Irish, but to our Scottish listeners, please don't. Please yeah, don't no, not I'll... listen to us for that one. 
You're fine. I'm going to edit the part where I said McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> I think we shouldn't end the episode. I'm, 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 I'm going to cut my saying and I'm going to make it sound like we both said it. Like I said, Alan, and you said McLeod. And I'm like, all right, we got it together. <laughs> Sweet. I love how in sync we are. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he put it in really great terms where it's just like, okay, this is a, a good quote. The hill gave a retired general space to demand that we must defend ourselves by carrying out a quote-unquote serious response against Iran, who is quote-unquote testing our resolve with aggressive actions. It's you. You're making me do this. Why are you doing this to me? This You're is, making me hurt you. I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is like the jock going up to the nerd at lunch. And pushing him a bunch and being like, "What's the problem? Why are you why are you annoying me with your stupid face? Your dumb butts yeah. look so bad." That's the U.S. And We're the bad jock. We're our, our, that's the U.S. motto: quit hitting yourself. Quit <laughs> exactly. hitting yourself. Quit We're, hitting Nel- yourself. We're Nelson <laughs> from The Simpsons. <laughs> We're awful. <laughs> oh man! But we end up murdering people. But yes, it's yeah, it's 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 wild, man. It's crazy stuff. The way I think of it is okay. Let's 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 close our eyes for a second. Let's 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 open let's close our physical eyes. Let's open the third op- eye is what you're saying? Yeah, let's yeah, open buddy. the mind's eye. Like imagine if you will, a small village encircled by high walls and a thick reinforced gate. Outside the walls are a horde of barbarians waging siege warfare on the village. Now, although this village is meager, it has a treasure within these walls that the leaders of this village are using to improve the lives of its humbled populace. But the savage horde wants the treasure to enrich themselves. And although they are willing to give a small slice to the leaders of the village, they are not at all willing to give it to the riffraff. So they fucking, instead of invading in the conventional way, they cut off access to food, clean water, and medicine for the sick. The barbarians are like, all right, if you want to hide in your little walls, you can starve and dehydrate, and then that's fine. We'll be on top, all right? (laughs) And then any other village who, like, tries to, like, smuggle food and water and medicine up the walls, they get attacked and they get threatened with like the same sort of siege. So all these kids and pregnant women and elderly and infirm they're dying and the bodies are piling up since there's no place to bury them and all the shit is like, is piling up too because there's no sewage system to flush it out and the maggots and the flies they infest the village and now even the relatively healthy men and women they start dying miserable deaths because of all the disease started from the shit and the dead bodies now imagine if you will these this barbarian horde was very conscious of its public image and wasn't willing to just let the realm know that it was inflicting all this bullshit pain and suffering because it simply wanted the treasure barricaded by the besieged village's walls so it went around sending heralds all over the land that told other villages that it was attempting to pressure the besieged villages' leaders so that they would end the corrupt mismanagement of the besieged villages' affairs. They would point to all the death and decay engulfing the village and say that something must be rotten in the state of, not Denmark, but you know, some other Scandinavia. Sure. I don't know. Uh, The Barbarian Horde is merely trying to rescue the village from itself and that once they opened up those gates, it would be the end of their misfortune. And so, all the poor villagers abroad rooted for the Barbarian Horde as liberators and jeered at the besieged village as savages, ruled by warlords who were hoarding their treasure so that they can lay siege on the Barbarian Horde on a future day. So, what I'm saying is, unchecked capitalism and U.S. Western imperialism has mutated into feudalism with better PR, and that's what's happening right now. Instead, back in the day, it would just be like, we're doing this because we want the thing that they have, but now that's not good enough. That makes us look bad, so we have to do this and also justify it and do like this propaganda warfare where it's not our fault we're doing it it is the quit hitting yourself dichotomy agreed yeah that was a big 
You know, I'm glad. So I want to say on the record, Marcus was worried about that metaphor not working. I think that metaphor works really nicely. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the, the only thing I would add is that the, the, the villagers would, after the invading hordes were like, look, they're keeping these riches from you. They would be like, invading hordes, would you please take control? Like after the siege, would you please take control of us so this never happens again? And then that would be the ultimate thing. Totally. And, I, and I think like continuing on that, I thought the opening of the gray zone article, because that was a very beautifully worded metaphor. Um, th- there's the definition of sanctions, I think was one of the clearest I've ever heard. And it was in like one sentence and I want to read it now. And it's just, yeah. it just, the United States uses economic sanctions as a weapon against States that choose a development path independent of U S global domination. So basically any place that's not willing to serve imperialist needs of the United States is going to be subject to these sanctions, which which then translates to uh, money laundering or tax fraud or whatever they want to break it down as. And it gives the U.S. license in the U.S.'s eyes and then ergo like in the U.N.'s eyes to kidnap whoever they or, or murder whoever they need. Exactly. Yeah, it's if you're getting in the way of what we're doing, it's also like we could do the the feudalism metaphor, but it's also like the mafia. Like you get in the way, you, you, you're not willing to pay the tax, the protection fee, then you're not going to be protected from us, the people who are going to ruin your fucking life. And that's the thing, like the U.S. is kind of constantly rewriting its own history through our propaganda saying like, for example, that we were trying to empower Vietnam when we were invading Vietnam and that uh, and I forget if this is a Reuters or article or not, but basically they were saying like there were millions that were killed as as though there was some some force that was unaccounted for, some force that wasn't us trying to <laughs> invade a country or, or trying to overthrow a government. Like that's always how the U.S. is going to draw it. It's always going to be like ah, some terrible shit happened. Some like basically uh, some superpower swept in. And we couldn't handle it. And we were just trying to do the right thing. And I don't know what happened, but here we are. So <laughs> you can't get mad at me. Like, I was just trying to be cool about it. I think that's, that might have still been the fair uh, article. But yes, there. It, it's almost like, and I think Ken Burns came out with a documentary on Vietnam where it had the same thing. Like, we had good intentions. Like, the idea, like, uh, the media always, or the U.S. media, the commercial media, always just assumes that, or pretends that we had the best intentions of doing like we didn't do it because we just wanted the the opium of Vietnam. We didn't want yeah. to be, we wanted to continue colonialism. We 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 didn't do it because of that. We didn't want to just subjugate and we didn't We were trying it. to be really cool and everybody was really mean and I didn't like it a lot. Yeah, That's- we were trying we weren't invading a sovereign country because they were not bending the knee. We were trying to defend South Vietnam from yeah. evil North communist Vietnam. Same thing with Korea. We're trying to liberate foreign assets. What don't you get? Totally, man. Like, like, what are you, a communist? communist? <laughs> <laughs> What's exactly. wrong with you? Okay, but see, this is this is another fucked up point, is that the, the definition of communism has been so intertwined with the definition of fascism in the United States and kind of dressed up in that garb that, that even still, if you just, if you're open and you're like, yeah, I'm a communist. If you don't then immediately follow it with, let me tell you what communism means. It basically means empowering the workers and, and the general populace and, and you know, the dissolution of borders and stuff like that, that everybody's like, like, it's funny. If you, here's a fun exercise. If you like, if you, um, lay out the tenets of communism to a person, but you don't like open the com- the conversation with I'm a communist. You're just like, well, how do you feel about all these things? I feel like most people are communists. Yeah, if you lay out the communist manifesto, but what they always bring up is like Stalinism and like post World War II, which is it was fucked up. There's a it was it, it, it was, was terrorism, up. but but wait, I did I was what do you think? I'm just gonna shit on Stalin and leave it at that. Come I on. knew you'd you never know me, but like that, yeah. no, but what you have to bring in uh, bring up is the historical context. In the sense that we like once yes. FDR died, Truman completely betrayed everything that they agreed upon, yes. and and America dropped a nuclear bomb. So I mean, I would be pretty. Fr- I mean, I'm not going to say I would do everything that Stalin did, but no. you have to like realize that he was 
Context for context is due, for sure. Exactly. And the Iron Curtain was what they called it. But in reality, the Iron Curtain was them just trying to protect what they... They, Russia fucking, or the Soviet Union... Fucking beat the Nazis more than we did. They had way, they way hit more. They face had way on. more they skin had, in the game. They, they had way have, more yeah, deaths. Yeah, they have way more corpses to show for it. And yeah, that the fact that this the guy that the, the the guy that they thought that they were their ally in World War II that they had an understanding with, all of a sudden they're like, "Fuck you! We're in a Cold War. We want to go here, and if we can't go here, and yeah, we're backtracking on this. Get over it, dude. You're dealing with the new guy, me, Truman. So." He had reason to be paranoid, all right? He had reason to suspect a lot of people. He obviously went a little overboard, but we did as well. And that's the thing. Like, I wanted to say, I think it was, I don't know if it was the last episode, the Guatemala episode, where you were basically like, you know, if, if one of these places, like if a place is going to have, let's say, socialist or communist ideals, or just act outside sort of the uh, U.S. imperial umbrella, then maybe the person who's running it has to be a little bit of a hard ass who has to be a little bit of a bully because what, what is always interesting to me is that the U S never really has to answer for anything. Like the president always, I mean, within the U S turf, there's like, you know, real Mickey mouse shit that the president has to answer for. Why'd you do this? What, what little thing, but it's never like on an international scale because it's always just assumed within the U S that the president is right. But the second you've got somebody like, you know, Castro or something like that, it's like this, this group of people was silenced. Then the, the U S is like, Holy shit, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in history. And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe that had to happen because Castro is protecting legitimate communism and, and protecting his people. And he realizes that to do that, he's got to be a little bit of a bully because he's in the context. He's in a fucking a pond with big fish and he's a smaller exactly. fish. He's got to be kind of an asshole, maybe a little bit. Yeah, well, I, w- I would say he's, yeah, have to be a little bit of a, a gangster. Better me than a Pinochet type, because that's the thing what happened with uh, fucking Allende. Like, he was Mr. Nice yeah. Guy, and because of him being too much of a nice guy, he, he had the biggest piece of shit run the country and lead to all these mass deaths and disappearance. The same thing with Sukarno and Soharto. That's the thing is it's hard. I'm, I always forget which one's the good one and which one's the bad bad one because they both have really similar names. But yeah, he was like, hey, I, I would just want to be, yeah, I, I don't want to get too extreme. But then boom, you're overthrown. And then the guy in charge is the biggest piece of shit ever. So you have to decide, am I going to protect the ideals of communism, even though I might betray a little this, a little that. It can't be completely democratic. It can't be completely free. And if you right. think of even European democ- so-called democracies, Merkel's been in charge forever. Like, not yeah. everybody. What we do is we switch them out every eight years, but they can only move a certain way because at the end of the day, the national security state and the financiers are the ones calling the shot. You can maybe, yeah, you have multiple choice questions, but you can't do anything too radical. Whereas someone like Castro or somebody who's like a legit leader in charge to get to call the shots, they have to be there a little longer, you know, so that they get, they have to do some things that are a little bit shady, but it's not yeah. as shady as, or you brought up a great point with all the, the stuff that America's done. We sort of throw the South under the bus. What I always say, this might be a little bit controversial. People who freak out about the Confederate flag, I always say to them, well, you know, before there was a civil war, all of this was done under the American flag. We should be as offended yeah, by the American flag as the, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're disgusting. Yeah. And what we've done is with the civil rights era, we've just felt like, oh, that was the South. That was even I, that terrible movie, Green Book. Uh, it was so funny. They, it was terrible, but it was like there was a part like they go to the South. This guy is being treated the a marshmallow Ali is what I call him. Uh, no, that's super disrespectful. But um, they go to the they go to the South. Everybody's horrible and racist. But they go to the North. They go back to New York, and a cop pulls them over, and it's like, holy shit, are they about to be racist again? And he just looks at uh, at, at Marshall Ali. And he's just like, all right, you're good to go. Have a fun trip. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait, we're back in the North New York. Wait. They're only racist in the South. It's not. And they're nobody's racist in New York. Or they might be a little racist like Vigo Mortensen's cousin, but they're just buffing balls. It's not a big yeah. deal. You it's, know, it's, it's, it's who cares? It's the South. The South is the only racist part of America. Wait. Everything else is fine. This is that's, the, that's the moral of the story. This is an incredible point, but I have to know, did you mean to call him Marsala Ali? Because that was excellent. <laughs> 
I, I always do a different one because I always forget his name. That's but because, he's a legit, he's a legitimate good actor. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, no, he, he's got good stuff. I always in my head I call him Mahoshala because it's just <laughs> easier to remember that way. To go opposite of Green Book, what I thought was great about Twelve Years a Slave, Twelve Years a Slave really me, brought the economics of slavery, money. That's how we're making this new world. We have all this resources, but we don't have enough labor to process it and to make a profit of it. Everything good has to be because it's private. It's got to be private. Free enterprise. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be the market dictating it. Exactly. And the market dictates slavery. And that's what they want. Give us your resources. You're too dumb and barbaric to handle it yourself. You bunch of skunks. But it's just, it's fucked up that that we're willing to, that we're willing to say sanctions basically equate to here is the faceless other. The faceless other is bad and should be feared. And whatever happens to the faceless other's population is warranted because we want it more. It's sort of in, in the name of social Darwinism. We want this thing more. We, we're going to use you know this quote-unquote developing countries. The developing countries are not developing. They're just – they're being robbed. Like they're being it's – like, it's like the countries that have been raped – are supplying yeah. the countries that are quote unquote first world. And that's sort of the thing of it. So the guy who wrote the Jakarta method, which I haven't read yet, but you know, I've heard some interviews with them. He said it. And then this book that I'm reading now, open veins of Latin America, which I'm probably going to try to do something on that. Cause there's a lot of rich stuff with uh, Indonesia. Once they overthrow the so-called co- well, he was actually communist in Indonesia, but he was a good one. He wasn't like a, super dictatorial like a a fascist yeah what they thought of was like okay we can't have a communist society right away we're working towards it sort of like a socialist like a socialist on the way yeah exactly exactly it's like we'll get to that eventually right now we have to be capitalist but anyway once they overthrow the guy then they install the dictator and he murders a bunch of people disappears a bunch of people he does an authoritarian dictatorship where it's like a gangster rule then they just the news media and america just stops paying attention to it it's not like you deserve that they just like oh oh i don't know what's happening in indonesia next subject same thing with guatemala as galano says is like after they overthrew our bends they had a succession of dictators and they were extreme they were brutally murdering people any sort of rebellion protest they would just mow them down they would torture them they would do really gross stuff i almost wrote it down just for this but i was just like i'm just like gonna like (laughs) quote something of like ripping out somebody's innards for no reason i mean for a reason but like but all this grotesque sort of butchery that happens after the u.s overthrows a a cool government a a legit like a socialist reform government then all this sort of nightmarish stuff. And you don't have Edward Bernays coming over here, getting journalists to go out there and say, oh, look at all the massacres happening in Guatemala now that we have one of our U.S.-installed dictators running. No, they just ignore it. We do, once once we get rid of the guys we don't like, we just ignore it and be like, what? Why are we going to talk about them? We only put them in the, the news cycle is when they're the bad guys, when they're, when they're communists or when they're socialists and when they're a threat to national security, a.k.a. a threat to the resources that we can extract to keep the war machine going, to pay for, for the oil to lube up that war machine, or whether it's the, 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 the iron or the nickel or whatever that it needs to be done to make all our little parts and pieces to, to create mass destruction. That's that's when it's important. But once we get our guy in there, never mind about yeah, Guatemala. Like, never mind. Uh, who's, who's worried about that anymore? And it's yeah, like, that's old news. Uh, let's talk about America, y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you were patriots. But that, it's, <laughs> it's such a good point because that's exactly the way that the U.S. treats like a country like Haiti, for example. They're just like – rather than being like, look, Haiti is a victim of like not just um, U.S. imperialism but like European imperialism. Like through the ages, like it's just a series of different dictators that have been installed – like trying to to pillage the resources, it's just like everybody looks at it and it's like, what's going on with Haiti? What's earthquakes and bad people? It's Papa Doc. <laughs> what the fuck happened down there? It's just like, and then it's like it gets the worst rep of, and it's just it it makes me sad every time because it's like it is just the primo. Because I have a really great um, photo book on Haiti. It's called it's by a guy named Alex Webb, um, and it's called Under a Grudging Sun, and it's really great. And it kind of documents the time between 
um, Papa Doc and sort of the military overtaking the country. But even his intro on it, like he's a fairly insightful photographer and a pretty good writer. But even his take on it is like he just calls it like Haiti's troubled past. And I'm like, it's so much more than that. Like, how can you just stand back and say this country has a troubled past? A troubled past to me translates to the U.S. wanted something from this country. This country didn't want to just hand it over. And so they fucked it over as hard as they could, you know? Definitely. Well, we should do a one on Haiti eventually. We, we, we need to do. I don't know enough yeah. to do a full episode. No, I, I don't I, know like, enough about anything. <laughs> well, same, but I feel like we both know enough to be pissed off, and I think that's oh, a good yeah, place to, to come from. <laughs> so it started with Europe, but I think even America, the United States, was offended by the revolution in Haiti. The first black when the French Revolution happened simultaneously. The Haitian Revolution happened, but it was a real revolution. Yeah. And they killed all those evil like, white motherfuckers. Like whatever plantation they, was there, they were fucking murdering them. Yeah. Great. They were like, all you white motherfuckers are bad. And it's because there wasn't cool white people there at that time. It was, <laughs> they were all like, if you were, <laughs> Yeah, if you're white over there, you did something bad. And they killed them all, and they fucking had a righteous revolution, brother. And that's why they were like, we can't let this shit stand. And they lasted quite a while. I don't know the exact years, but but it took a while for them to overthrow the black government. And then there was a revolutionary government later, or let's say a revolutionary reformist government that was overthrown. And um, I think it was under Bush. And then Clinton said, hey, you could come back in, but only if you sell out your entire people. What he did is like, said, you have to get all your rice from Arkansas. Bill Clinton was one of the most corrupt, obviously corrupt. Once he became president, Tyson Foods, which is based out of Arkansas, got all these subsidies, and that's why they're selling all their trash food to all the movie theaters, or I don't know, <laughs> frozen foods, all that stuff. But he was like, you got to get all your rice from Arkansas. The colonialist ideal is that you use the island to just do one resource that you ship out to every kind of like with the Puerto Rican episode yeah, it's, it's, where you it's turn sugarcane or it's something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sugarcane or coffee or rubber or whatever it is. And you're like, that's all you do. You cannot have a di diverse agriculture in your Island. Like with Puerto Rico, they had all sorts of stuff, pineapple fruit all over it. It's like, no, no, fuck all that stuff. I know I said pineapple and fruit. Pineapple is a fruit. <laughs> uh, you could have, have grown er anything in Puerto Rico, but they're like, fuck that. All this land is for sugar. And now you are dependent on the US or Europe to send you all your food, all, all the other stuff that you were able to grow on your island. You now are completely dependent on your masters for that. You mm. give us the sugar, we'll give you everything else. But you know, you're going to pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, well, stuff. you're going to pay and, a lot of money. And if you want another government in place, then we'll sanction you. And then you will not have any kind of raw materials for your people. You won't have medicine. You won't have food. But you will still supply us with cheap sugar. Yeah, with that good sugar for oh. all our sweet treats. And yeah, that's exactly what the, 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 the racket is, is to make all – to keep undeveloped countries – undeveloped if you if if we if they get developed by themselves then they're competition we don't want any competition exactly so the u.s government doesn't want any competition so they're like no we want you to be broken when we got the war with iraq which also I'm, i meant to bring that up is that we did sanctioning like underbuilt like between the gulf war and the uh, second iraq war under george w bush bill clinton to stick with him being also a stinker, he did mass sanctions that led to like fucking thousands. I want to say like hundreds of thousands. Okay, let's say between thirty to a hundred thousands. <laughs> Something's like it's, that. I don't know. It's <laughs> a good toki. <laughs> like I, I just, <laughs> but uh, but we did mass sanctions, and there were a bunch of like kids and pregnant women and sick people died because we were like you can't get any of this stuff and it was so that they could be a broken country so that they couldn't be developed just like libya before we broke them like even though they had their problems they were ruled under a dictatorship they had a pretty good like they had like socialized medicine electricity you know we just can't have people using their resources to make a developed country that can be in competition with it. 
we don't produce anything anymore or we don't produce a lot. We don't have a lot of natural resources. So imagine if a system of, of a nation state developed with, with our technology, but with their rich resources, then they would be top dog. And we can't have other top dogs. We have to be the one top dog. Well, so if we have to, if we have to break them, if we have to make them a failed state to keep that, and that's when people were like, oh, the Iraq war was a failure. Not to these guys. <laughs> they were no, like, it was All a right. total success. Yeah. We crippled yeah, them it, successfully. <laughs> exactly. It could have been better, but you know, overall, they're fine with it. You think Donald Donald Rumsfeld is losing sleep about it? Yeah. He's just like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, well, that was pretty cool, I guess. Because look at how we treat, I mean, t- t- as an example, like China and Russia and the media. Like these are the two biggest bad guys and you bad guys yeah you could pretty much call on them for whatever if you need um uh uh like uh election interference whatever you need you can just conjure up china or russia and they're you know basically asia in general is large enough and mysterious enough that the average you know united states citizen well although not the one listening to this um it's probably going to be spooked by it you know like as though those are people looking to usurp us and it's not the other way around exactly and i think it's uh also i just get so annoyed it's like how willing people are get to get fooled again with the same shit because the same thing was happening with the fucking the war on terror and like or like saddam hussein even like you know like obviously he was a piece of shit but that doesn't mean that you want to he needs to be killed and yeah. his country invaded just like donald trump was our president but i wouldn't be like all right whoever just drop bombs yeah, so, somebody destroy please, this whole I, I don't care who you this, kill but just get this man out and install your yeah, own dictator please destroy this country and like and yeah install a a mormon fundamentalist i don't yeah, know exactly <laughs> But the the whole point is, I'm sure the only reason that I would say that they maybe think that Iraq was kind of a bummer was that they weren't allowed to keep on going. Like if the war went a certain way, I think that like the Bush and then whoever came after him would have just kept on doing it. They would have been like, all right, like because of Iraq was such a failure, they couldn't completely just go on to full on war with Syria. They had to do a dirty war where we're funding terrorists to do a sort of sort of guerrilla warfare and then sanctions, obviously. But that was the one failure. It's like we wanted to be able to just get into war with everybody and be like, all right, knock down Iraq. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, knock down Iraq. Now next Iran. Now next Syria. Now next Libya. Like we couldn't do that. But overall, they just wanted to break. They just want to smash a country that is not bending the knee. And that's what they're trying to do now is to smash these countries and to weaken them and to starve them out. And they're hoping that the people will just rise up and overthrow the government. But that's ridiculous because everybody knows that America is the bad guy or the United States of America is the bad guy. And that if you were to do that, you'd be working against your own best interests. It's just, it's fucking lunacy. It's utter, utter lunacy. But yeah, man. I don't know about this country sometimes, Listen, brother. <laughs> let me tell you, every takeaway, if there's anything I take away from the end of every every episode, it's that this country is bad. It's a big bully, and it's only getting well, worse and worse. I would like to be a Chinese or a Russian citizen. I'm accepting offers from both. To, I'm going to the highest bidder, and that goes for Marcus, too. I'm speaking for you now. T- definitely. Well, I would say that the U.S. government is the worst. There's a bunch of U.S. cool people, like well, the guys who listen to the guys and gals who listen to this show. Hey, thank you, guys us. and gals for listening. For all of you, everyone who listen to this, thank you. Yeah, all the uh, and our checks, our checkies out there. Our check, uh, yeah, exactly. Our check comrades, love you guys. Yeah, we have to get do a check one, but I, I think their their government now is also sort of like. On that anti-Russian, like they're on some Ukrainian shit. Yeah, they are. They're on that cheap jack bullshit. We got to set things straight a little bit. Yeah, but I'm sure, you know, like us, like, you know, if you're going to fault the citizens of the country uh, for the the sins of the government, then we would be considered pieces of shit. Exactly. Then you might as well (laughs) sanction us, too, because that's what sanctions is, baby. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But anyway, I'm not willing to move to um, China or Russia because, I mean... Their language is too hard. Well, I'm trying to get in one of these radical Latin American ones because I could kind of learn. I could learn Spanish right, eventually. Yeah, you're, you're halfway there. Yeah, no. See, I could. I feel like I could settle in nicely in any of these places, and I'll, you know, and I'll put the effort in. But I, yeah, you got to make it 
and I'm going to speak for Marcus again to our Chinese brothers and sisters and our Russian <laughs> brothers and sisters. Marcus has no problem learning that. Just <laughs> bring it on, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm fine with it, but like you guys really have to set me up real nice. Well, that's the, the best. It's got to be a sweet pad. It's got to be totally. Cool. I would definitely go to China before Russia because I love me some good Chinese food. You know, that's just going to be good over that's there. That's true, right? but you don't, fuck with that. <laughs> you don't fuck with the Russian food. So I mean, much. I would, but I'm not like, I'm not thinking about Russian food. I'm right. Like, you don't oh, stop at the Russian joint on the corner, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of those. Uh, but like, what, dumplings? I don't know. <laughs> like, what are they? For, for, for Russia, pierogi? I don't know what happens over there. <laughs> Either way. You know, what we're saying is U.S. government is not very cool. All right, it's, no. it's not cool at all. But I want to jump. Marcus, I want to jump ahead. That's gonna be How are we going to celebrate the 4th of July? Ooh, that's a good story. We should make it very unpatriotic. I think so. For- I think we should try to skew it as unpatriotic as possible. Oh, man, that's great. That's a great thing. Uh, uh, maybe we could do like... A Haitian Fourth of July. Can we do like that? We celebrate like a real we celebrate Day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's how you pronounce it, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and we just we we wear like a tri-cornered hat, or we could do uh, what's it called? The French Revolution one. That was that. At least that was like, even though you know it ended up being bust, it was pretty radical. It definitely for it's way more radical than the American Revolution. Yeah, our revolution sucked. The only cool thing that came out of it was uh. Paul Giamatti playing uh, John Adams on <laughs> HBO. Jesus. <laughs> that's the only thing. The only good thing about this fucking country. And that's on record. Yeah. That's, that's on record. That's canon right now. now. Okay. So it's like, what is it? Zeus becoming Kronos, right? You mean, we. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Kronos ate his Kronos babies. Kronos eats him. Yeah, exactly. And then he came out and he beat him up and he's like, okay, I'm going to be the new Kronos. He was in like, yo. I'm going to be like more of a progressive. That's what we did with the uh, the American Revolution. Now we're the British Empire. We're the British Empire now. We're like, all right, the only problem you guys had is that you guys were calling it colonialism. <laughs> you guys weren't we, conquering quite right, but check this out. <laughs> yeah, we're spreading freedom. We're not, these aren't colonial fives. But in essence, they're still colonial it's fives. It's the same thing. They're but like, we're calling it something different. Watch this. Manifest destiny. What do you think about that? Boom, right there. That's Easy. the problem with you Brits. You exactly. didn't have good PR. You, you think you inside save... the box, you fucking post cucks. I hate you. Yeah, we're not saying that these guys have to like bend the knee to the king or queen. We're saying we're spreading freedom. <laughs> but we're all getting the same things that you did before. We're doing it smarter. Hello. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder, Britain. Exactly, you dumb fucks. <laughs> But anyway, some any parting words, Danny, on on pretty much the death throes of the U.S. Well, empire. Uh, well, let me say, I guess if I didn't make it clear before, I think they're kind of sucky. <laughs> I think they're not so good. But just imagine if you weren't able to go down to the store and get a basic thing, or or the way that the United States is treating um like Pfizer or Moderna or J and J like the vaccines right now, where they're just like, check it out, we can give these to you for free isn't that so fucking good a it should be like that anyway because healthcare shouldn't be privatized but b can you imagine being in a country where it's just like we can't give you any of those things like there's covid variants popping up here because uh there's a company like like bill and melissa gates decided that (laughs) the vaccine should be patented so we just can't get it here because we haven't um given ourselves freely to the united states to be fucked in the ass the right way so I think it's no lube. Yeah, exactly. Dry and ugly and stinky. It's no good. So Bloody. yeah, I don't like it. No, I don't yeah. like it, Mark. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I dispute you having J and J there because I think that they probably would give that to other people just to kill them, kill all their <laughs> women off. <laughs> They'd be like, "All right, we'll give you a, we'll give you the free ones, but it's just Johnson and Johnson." That's very on brand. That's true. <laughs> but um. But yeah, it is crazy. Or just think about saying, hey, man, I want a nice cold brewski. And then, oh, wait, America's not letting you or some other country. Just pick. Think of if Russia was as evil. We say Russia is so evil. But think of if they were doing any of the stuff that the U.S. is doing to other countries. 
I would r- rise up in arms. I tell you, brother, if Russia, if they were like, you can't get a brewski because of Russia, then I'd be like, all right, I'm in. Let's go to war. Yeah. Let's nuke these motherfuckers. But they're not doing that. We're doing all the bad stuff. We're the bad guys. And Russia also is like not very cool, but they're not very cool to their people over there. But they're not. They're definitely cooler than Boris Yelstein, the guy we installed over there, who completely stripped them of their public goods. Yeah, that was super and, and sold them off everything. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. So Putin's not perfect, but he's definitely cooler than Obama. There, I said it. Call me racist. No, it's canon now, and I think we've ended this episode <laughs> in the same place that we that we always end, which is that the United States government is not so good. It's bad. It's doing a bad, bad job. And they've never, none of these other countries have inflicted harm to other countries more than we have. Exactly. We, we have more blood. We are in a big old pool of blood. For If you count like just like the last, like let's just, okay, let's be easy on ourselves. Let's just call count the 21st century, the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, all our fucking sanctions and embargoes. Uh, what we're doing in like the drone warfare, what we're doing in Yemen with Saudi Arabia, we we've already we're already the worst by far. Easily, yeah, have, that already puts us have, easily past a million people dead. Yeah, but also that's kind of not fair because like 21st century, we've got that on lock. Like we are clearly yeah, we are, we're the we're yeah. the we're the best terrorist by far, and that I yeah. can say definitively. And we fund the best terrorists. Yeah, we're like now we're on Al Qaeda. So, like we fuck with Al Qaeda now. Yeah, like, pretty much, those are they're, they're our boys. <laughs> now. Remember when yeah. we hated them? We don't anymore. It's all good now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's like, hey, any enemy of Bashar Assad is my a friend. friend. Of ours. <laughs> but yeah, man, we suck. Um, <laughs> we I mean, suck, we not us suck. individually. I, I rock. Yeah, I fucking rock. Marcus is excellent. I'm. I have my good days. And I'm sure there's some other good <laughs> you're, people you're out most, there. You're most excellent. But anyway, that's it. Right for plunder. Uh, sanctioning is not cool. It's terrorism. Um, it's, it's it's lame. <laughs> no, it's lame. <laughs> I, I was gonna go with us just saying cool and lame and just being bodacious dudes. <laughs> that's very <laughs> very rad of you. I appreciate it for sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Right for Plunder. Um and um. You know, I'm Marcus. And I'm Danny. And don't sanction anybody. Don't stop. If you're going to sanction anybody, sanction the U.S. government. But I don't know how you're going to do that. They have all the <laughs> We are kind of the sanctioners. We'll, uh, we'll figure yeah. that out next time, though. Shit post uh, the U.S. government and, and Anthony Blinken <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sleepy Joe Biden. Just like troll. Yes. Yeah, sp- oh, that's Spam your local congressmen on Twitter. They, they'll love it. Well, I, I, you know, troll farms are apparently the biggest enemy of the state right now because, yeah, that's what got Trump elected. So, yeah, just do, just send a bunch of stupid memes on Facebook and uh, the American government will quiver in fear. They will definitely. You're helping the Russians. <laughs> they'll, they'll send stormtroopers to your place. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to massacre you. Then we're not gonna have any listeners. Exactly. But <laughs> we need you. <laughs> we need you. We need all twelve. Exactly. Baker's dozen. But all right, take care, y'all. Bye, guys. And I think a baker's dozen is thirteen. Love you guys. <laughs> oh yeah.
Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.